welcome back to the Pin for Pin podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Atkinson, and today we are here with Coach Kearney of North Carolina A&T University. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, Coach, I'll start off by asking, how did you get into the sport of bowling? Um, my father bowled, and so when I was a kid, I was about eight years old when I started, he um got my sisters and I involved in the sport and, and kind of, you know, I fell in love with it when I was younger and then kind of got into other sports in middle school and high school and then um, went back to it in college. And here I am. Well, at what age did you think that, you know, that you could be competitive with the sport of bowling because lots of kids get into it and it's kind of recreational, but how did you know, like, Hey, maybe this is what I want to do. You know, I think I was much later. I think I'm I'm kind of the outlier there. Um, you know, I just was a, a pretty competitive athlete. And, you know, like I said, when I got into high school, I played some other stuff. And then I sort of followed my sister's footsteps um, into the program at San Jose State. And I was pretty average. I think I was probably 170. I always say I was about 170 when I got there. And at the end of my freshman year, I was probably 175. And it was kind of that summer um, between my freshman and my sophomore year where, you know, things sort of took off and, you know, I, you know, just found some ways to understand it a little bit better and get a little bit better. And then I found some success and then just sort of kept going. And when you say kept going, you were a collegiate bowler, but what prompted you to go on the national tour? Yep. There we go again. Not really my plan. Um, You know, the year I, got out of college um, was one of the first years of Team USA and it was going to be an exhibition event in the Olympics and so I was full-on fired up about going to the Olympics and going to the Olympic Training Center and so that was my that was my goal that was what I wanted to do Um, and so I luckily I made the team in 88 and uh, you know got to be a part of that program and still had no intentions of bowling professionally and uh, just was, had my sights only on team USA and, you know, it's tricky, you know, I made it that year. And then the following year I was alternate and uh, just sort of bummed about it. And I said, well, maybe I'll go try some tour stops and then go back and get my master's. And um, I never went back. I just kept bowling on tour. And obviously people know the story, but that led to you, having a Hall of Fame-worthy career. So just talk about what it was like competing on tour and advice you would give young bowlers who maybe are thinking about going on tour. You know, I guess to answer the, the last part first, um, advice that I always would give, and, you know, I think I've been giving most of it the same for the same advice for the, the past number of years is that I think so often people are they stay at home in hopes of you know I got to get better I need to be better at this I need to be better at this before they they are willing to kind of go out there and give it a try and I think there's so much that you cannot learn at home that you have to go out there and see what's necessary to be successful on tour and so um, just being brave enough to get out there and, and and see what the great players in the world do and you know what sort of changes you might need to make to your own game and you know I think there's that is the, the greatest lesson in that. And, um, 
my years on tour were incredible. I mean, I, I was able to, to bowl at a time where, you know, it was a career choice where you could, you know, stay out for 20 weeks a year, 20, 24 weeks, weeks a year and, and have the opportunity to try and make a living. And so, um, you know, I think I was so fortunate that that was kind of the era that I, you know, was able to play in. Yeah. And I would say that it was kind of, even though you make it sound like you kind of stumbled upon success, you did have it. So talk about your career wins, including your three major championships. And what was it like being at those heights of success? So, uh, yeah, my first couple wins came pretty early. Um, I won back to back kind of my second year on tour. And not that I ever thought it was easy because uh, it wasn't at all. But, you know, it, it I went through a, a, you know, kind of a slow time where, you know, I was not making a lot of shows. I was making cuts and I was, you know, enough making enough money to stay out there. But, um, you know, there was the game changed and I needed to kind of change with it. And so, you know, you just if you stay out there long enough, there's lots of, of, of times and periods where you have to kind of go with what's happening as, you know, the equipment changes and the environment changes. Um, you know, my majors came later in my career. Um, thankfully, because I think I was, you know, old enough and cool enough and mature enough to, to kind of take it all in. And, uh, but it, yeah, gosh, you know, I just wanted the opportunity to play every day. And so I think what really always drove me was I hated to watch. I hated to miss cuts because I didn't want to sit in the bowling center and, and watch other people bowl. And so that was always like the, probably the biggest motivating factor for me. And then, you know, with the majors, I think, you know, I was such a sort of, I was good when they were hard. I'll just put it like that, you know, and, and typically that's what comes with the majors. And so being patient, um, being a good spare shooter and, you know, the longer formats always, I think, suited me. So I, I, I had some success in those because I, I just had to kind of had that frame of mind. Well, that's very, very interesting. And now you go from being an incredible competitor. So how did you get into coaching? Always wanted to coach. Um, you know, I, I can remember being in high school and, and, you know, I probably had two of the most incredible supportive parents that, that anyone could have. And so my sisters and I, they were there for everything that we did. But there was something that my high school coaches gave me that I think was just important in my maturing as an adult. And so I wanted to have that impact on folks. And so I always thought I would coach and I knew I'd always kind of stay in athletics. And so um, really once I kind of experienced the college life, you know, the college bowling world, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And so I was, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a long enough career and it ended right around when, um, you know, bowling kind of made its its way into the NCA world. And, you know, there was an opportunity for it to be a career choice and to make a living. And so I just absolutely love what I do. Um, it, it, it 100% satisfies my competitive spirit. Um, I feel like I, I hate losing way more as a coach than I did as a player. But at the same time, you know, the, the chance to kind of give back and teach what I've learned, um, you know, to help any anybody that you know kind of wants to give their all and and find success in the sport you know I just love being able to assist in that way and then you know being able to mentor 
kind of the young women that crossed my path here at A&T. Uh, you know, all of those things are important to me. Well, speaking of A&T, why did you choose A&T? Because, again, you're a very good player in your own right, so you could have gone to many different places. So what stuck out about A&T that made it a place that you wanted to coach at? Well, there aren't that many opportunities, to be perfectly honest, but A&T is 100% the best, was the best fit for me. Um, you know, I grew, I was born and raised in San Francisco, so kind of there weren't any opportunities on the West Coast. Um, and so, especially when I kind of decided that this is what I wanted to do, everything was kind of, most of the programs, the NCAA programs were in the Northeast or in the South. And so um, I knew I'd have to kind of pick up and, and move. And so we did. And, you know, I started at Delaware and then um, my husband and I moved to Texas and worked at headquarters at the ITRC and Eric worked in the, in, you know, for USBC. And then the opportunity at A&T opened up and um, it just made sense. You know, not to mention my husband is a grad of he's an alum of A&T here and his grandparents went here. My stepson goes here now. So there's, you know, certainly a legacy. There's some, you know, some family ties to, to the university. But um, and I love North Carolina. You know, we had stops here and I thought it was just such a pretty, pretty place. You know, we thought of retiring here. I, I think we got here much earlier than we expected. But um, at the same time, it's it's by far the the best fit for us. Well, to take a detour, you talked about your time down in Texas and you were a coach for Team USA. So talk about that as going from a competitor on Team USA to now being a coach for Team USA. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, my, my coaching uh, resume and, and, and kind of route is different than most. Um, you know, I kind of my the beginnings of my coaching career were with Team USA, with Junior Team USA. And, um, you know, I had Rod Ross was my personal coach back home in California, my ball driller. And when he was kind of given the reins of the junior team program, you know, I remember being in the shop and I was sitting there and I said, they were about to go to the training center for camp. And I said, Hey, you know, can I just come up and shadow you? You know, I just, I know I want to coach collegiately and I just want to kind of sit I just want to be involved and, and figure out how to get better at this so that, you know, if an opportunity comes my way, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And surprisingly, he offered me a position as an assistant coach um, a month or so later. And I kind of stayed involved up until leaving the training center. So that's a lot of years of junior team. And then once I got to the training center, um, started the coaching of the adult team as well. So, uh, you know, working with, again, the best in the world, um, you know, there's so much that, you know, that they taught me. I think that, you know, as a coaching staff working with Rod Ross and Brian O'Keefe and, you know, that we were able to kind of learn from each other, you know, I, I certainly got better in all ways being in that place. Yeah, I would say learning from different coaches, even your peers would be mutually beneficial because you have your experiences and they have their experiences and you can kind of pull your knowledge together for everybody to get better as a coach. Exactly. Yeah. So we talked about how you got to North Carolina A&T. So talk about your team's success this season because they've had a lot of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We are coming off. I probably sound exhausted. I, I, I am a bit. We, uh, yesterday we were, 
successful in defending our conference championship. So we won the MEAC yesterday, um, which is amazing. And, you know, I'm so proud of, of the effort and the work that this team has put in this year. Um, we will Wednesday, they'll make the selections for the NCA, the first round of the NCA championship. So we will find out on Wednesday kind of where we go and who's in our region. Um, but it's been, you know, just an incredibly solid year. I think we were maybe preseason, we were sixth, we got as high as fourth. I think we're fifth right now in the nation. Um, so we just, you know, some high points, a few kind of falls in the middle of it. But I think right now we are um, absolutely 100% kind of peaking when we're supposed to. So somehow we did it right. But I'm, I'm excited about what's to come in the next few weeks. Well, I am too, especially seeing the recent success you all have had and knowing that last year you also had some success with a person in the national championship match as well as the team USBC championship match. So talk about what it is you're looking for in a recruit because people see all the success you're having and they want to be part of it. Yeah, it's exciting, certainly. I mean, I know when I first got here, um, you know, people want to go where you're winning. It's just pretty much that simple. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't think much else seems to matter. And so, you know, as we've we've done better in the in the past years, certainly more more student athletes are interested in 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 doing or being a part of what we're we're doing, which is what you kind of hope for, right? You want to do something that, you know, people from afar are saying, I, I like what's happening there. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, and I've always said this, and I think I'll always continue to say this, is, you know, we look for kids that just love to bowl, and that want to get better. And it, it kind of really is that simple. I mean, I've had players here that bowl well, but they, they're not in love with the game. And if you don't love putting your shoes on and, and looking and finding ways to get better, then it feels like it's too much work. It feels like a job. And, you know, nobody wants that. I don't want that for you. It, it won't be the right place for you. So, um, you know, to be honest, it's really that simple for us. You know, you just got to love the game and, you know, certainly be coachable. Well, tell me how practices are like, because I've interviewed a couple coaches and they have many different philosophies on what's important and then what they spend the most of their time on. So what is a typical practice like for North Carolina A&T? You know, it's evolved over, you know, even just this year. Um, you know, I, you know, I always have some sort of, you know, blueprint where, you know, obviously we warm up and then we, you know, I'm a big believer in, in kind of, holding on to what makes your physical game work. And so knowing what those keys are. And so we always, always, always start with that. You know, what are the things that make you good? And we make sure that those are sharp and clean. Um, we do an enormous amount of work on spares and then some sort of competition, you know, something that um, is practice for competition, whether it's, you know, some sort of baker or, you know, a, some sort of traditional game in some form. Um, that's kind of it. You know, like we're just finding ways to um, hit on the things that are important, the fundamentals that make us good, and then always sort of testing and giving them opportunities to compete so that, you know, that doesn't get lost. And we're not always, um, you know, being able to separate 
practice and competition. And so I, I try to make sure there's a distinction between that during our practices. Right. And I believe that's important as well, having that competitive element. That way, once you get to competition, it's not all of a sudden something vastly different than what you've seen in practice. Right. And coach, we talked about all of this physical game stuff, but talk about your approach to the mental side of bowling, because that's a part of bowling that's often lost in transition and people rarely spend time on it, if at any. Yeah, that doesn't get lost here. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, I'm a big, big believer in the mental game and, and kind of addressing that. Um, we work with a sports psychologist, um, we, we work with Dr. Hennitz. Dean Hennitz comes to our to our program, to our campus, and we work with him every year at the beginning of the season. We do a, a big couple-day workshop with him um, and then a variety of Zooms throughout the year. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're pretty hot and heavy with him right now because it's postseason. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's going to continue to be my edge if people don't realize how important it is, but uh, I completely do. Well, I mean, the results speak for themselves. Your team has a very well-rounded game. But then talk about why someone should go to North Carolina A&T for academics. Because I'm a native North Carolinian, so I know how good A&T is. But a lot of people don't know much about the school. So talk about that. Yeah, we are a STEM school. We're a huge engineering program here. It's vast and it covers all the, the, I guess, the disciplines in engineering from mechanical to chemical to all of it. Um, and, you know, that is certainly our strength is engineering. Um, it's an agricultural and technical college. So, you know, I have a kid here that is, you know, an ag major. Um, it's a great business school. You know, we kind of have everything, um, but by far our strength is engineering. So, um you know, Eric always says, my, my assistant coach slash husband, when we're talking to recruits, it's like it's a serious school for serious students. And so, um, yeah, yeah, we are we are uh, proud of what we offer academically. I, I That's important to me. I want to be somewhere where I know that if I'm bringing student athletes to a school that they're going to get an education that is useful and valuable and, you know, can can get them where they want to be in life. And so... Um, you know, I have no hesitation of bringing anyone here to A&T. It is, it, it's, it's great. Well, Coach, the last question I have for you is kind of a fun question, a kind of a curveball coaching question. So if you had a student athlete who had a 185 sports shot average, was a phenomenal spare shooter, how would you coach this person if – they bowled with a conventional grip bowling ball? Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it, I would be interested in knowing why they were using conventional if it was, you know, for whichever reason, I guess. I'm, that would be the first question I would ask is, you know, why are they in conventional as opposed to, to fingertip? Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I guess it would also then depend on what, where they intend to go with their game. You know, a 185 sport average is good, but it may not, you know, if their intentions are to bowl 
on Team USA or to bowl professionally that that may not there may be some a ceiling to what they're able to do on on a you know a variety of patterns and so um, I'd probably start there but you know I mean the first thing isn't you know automatically to to take them out of it but you know I I'd need to know all sorts of background information as to why they may still be in it and if you know if it's for any sort of injury or whatever then you you do that because you know what's cool about our game what's always been cool about our game is that you can play it lots of different ways and you see that every Sunday or whenever you get to watch the the best in the world you know there's so many ways to play it and be infected and be effective well you guys you heard it here first you'd be coached by a hall of fame coach a great school, a great bowling program. But that's all we have for this episode of the Pin for Pin podcast. So I'll leave you all with this. The levels of success are good, better, best. So never let it rest till you're better than the best. See you all next week.